Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. As always, I am Mike Chisholm. As always, I am excited to be here. Uh, you know, we, we, we send the show off by going, hey, go change something. That's our that's our sign off. Uh, my sign on is I'm excited. <laughs> as always, uh, I'm excited to be here. And I am. It's genuine. It's 100% true. Uh, this is very exciting to me watching this movement build watching this platform build um you know they say stanley uh was a famous comic book guy of course and and he uh always would talk to his new writers and his new uh comic book producers and say okay you got to remember that every comic book that is produced is somebody's first comic book so if if this is your first episode of HeCast, um, you know, I am the enthusiastic cheerleader uh, and, 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 and uh, curious um, interviewer that hosts HeCast. But really, at the end of the day, I'm also cheering on my wife and her team as they build this platform, as they build He Changed It. Uh, he Changed It is a men's mental wellness platform. It's in the phone, uh, form of an app for your telephone. Um, you can go to hechangedit.com and check out all the information about it. You can download the app right now, even though it's in its infancy still. Um, a lot of prep goes into building these apps, and, 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 and it's about to jump on the roller coaster and start uh, some, some, some big things are happening behind the scenes in the world if he changed it right now. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we're already helping guys out there. And that's astounding to me. And not just guys, we're helping um, 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 women out there who have guys in their lives. We're helping all sorts of people. Uh, if you download the app right now, you will see there are resources right there. We've got uh, the It's Tough to Talk course from the Canadian Mental Health Association. We've got all sorts of things um, that, uh, oh, you just saw a preview of our guest. That was Caleb Matthews. That was our guest right there. We'll get to him in a second. You can download the app right now and uh, and join in the fun. You can watch the build. Go to heatchangeit.com for all information. Now, if you are listening to this podcast, if it's your first podcast, the first time listening to HeCast, hey, do me a favor, like the show write a review, subscribe, share, whatever platform that you're watching, whether it's the YouTube for your eye holes or the, or, 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 or Apple or Spotify for your ear holes, whatever that is, we would appreciate very much you sharing, subscribing, liking in whatever order you want. Uh, the overlords of he changed it. Look at all of those metrics and uh, judge me every single day based on them. No, they don't do that. But at the end of the day, we would love to move the needle on those metrics. Uh, we are building a movement here and very excited to do so. Uh, unprecedented times that we live in right now. Mental wellness, of course, starting to really come into vogue. Uh, and thank goodness, because the problem has never been greater as things get more complex in our lives. And that's been happening more and more and more and more and more over the last hundred years. Um, so too do the complexities of how that hits us mentally. And that is what we're trying to solve. We are trying to solve uh, the mental wellness crisis out there and you ain't seen nothing yet. So that being said, let's talk about who today's interesting guest is going to be. I have wanted to have somebody who analyzes dreams uh, on, on, on this show for a long, long time. We've had all sorts of life coaches and counselors and, 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 and athletes and filmmakers and all, folks from all sorts of different walks of life telling their story, talking about what it is they do, et cetera. Um, and, and hopefully we as the viewing audience uh, or listening audience, uh, whatever the case may be, can glean something out of that. 
fantastic. Now, the guy that we're going to have on here right now, his name is Caleb Matthews. He is um, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to overstep and talk about uh, exactly what uh, he classifies himself as. It, but at the end of the day, a dream interpreter to say the least and, and, and um, has looked into and gone down the rabbit hole. And it is a deep rabbit hole. When we talk about sleep, when we talk about dreams, it's a deep rabbit hole that you can go down. And I'm really excited that he has taken time out of his day to join us on HeCast. And we can talk about dream interpretation and, and, and dream meaning and things like that. Caleb Matthews, thank you for putting up with my long intro here and, uh, and taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on HeCast. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, this is an honor to uh, to be here on HeCast and the show. And I know there's a lot of hungry listeners that are, you know, be listening to this podcast and just this conversation and really tapping into dreams, which is a huge part of our lives. Uh, a third of our lives, scientifically, we spend in the night season dreaming. So that's a whole big chunk of time that uh, that gets passed by. So uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited for the, today's conversation and show. Oh, dude, it's going to be it's this is going to be great. Um, the moment you and I met, uh, you know, shout out to Chris Patton and 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 uh, and and the, the wonderful event we were at uh, where, where you and I connected. It was it was one of those things where instantly there was an instant rapport and we started going down the rabbit hole right there. And I, right as we started going down the rabbit hole, I was like, OK, you know what? I almost want to stop this right now <laughs> uh, until we can make it get to the studio where we can talk about this uh, on the podcast, because I think that our conversation had um, emphasis that a lot of people would enjoy hearing. And, and um, you know, I love that what you just brought up uh, a third of our lives, you know, in the sleep realm or, or, or uh, you know, sleeping. I remember once somebody sold me a bed and, um, and, and they, it didn't occur to me. They said to me, they said, well, your bed is actually one of the most important purchases you'll ever make. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I just want to save money. And they're like, well, no, you actually spend a third of your life in this state. Don't yep. you want to make sure that you set it up where you're going to be maximizing, you know, whether it's comfort or support or whatever. And then she went into bed lingo, but, but, but it, it, it's true. We spend a great deal of our time in this world. I, I often wonder if aliens were to come and analyze this planet, you know, is it, is it exclusive to our planet that most of the creatures on it um, have this, biological time of rest and recharge and and it's one of those things where sleep is a is a is, is a rabbit hole and if it, i think it's true where what we don't know about sleep and dreams far outweigh what we do know about it but at the end of the day i'm really grateful that there are people like you who are, are spending time learning about this stuff for sure yeah it's uh it's an art that I think uh is is really i think probably one of the most I, I'm, I'm biased because i i'm a dream interpreter, but it really <laughs> is one of the most underrated arts, I think, on the planet. Um, like most people, when they hear that I'm a dream interpreter, oh, you're into dream interpretation. Some the most think that's cool. And there are some that think, oh, you know, immediately like they're uh, they start to start to snicker and think that it's some sort of, you know, like hocus pocus, like really child's toy um, or gimmick or really just. The value there, they don't. Some don't see it until they actually see it in action. And I, and I think that uh, you know the dream realm really has a lot to offer to unlock mysteries and codes and enigmas, all from the beginning of, of history and time throughout history. Um, I can go over all so many different historical examples of people that we read of in school that we had no idea that they were dream interpreters or were guided by their dreams. 
people like Harriet Tubman, George Washington, um, just people in American history, world history, uh, Winston Churchill, a lot of people who are pinnacle to shift the, the time of history towards victory, towards freedom, uh, tapped into the realm of their dreams and they use that as a vehicle to push themselves forward. So they are vitally important to our lives, not just for history, but for current events as well. I, uh, I, I appreciate everything that you're saying here. Um, and, and, and don't worry about the hippy dippy part. Uh, cause I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, there is every, everything that has like, I, I'll tell you, I'll give you a real life example. I've been called an empath and I've read a couple books about being an empath. I don't really know. Uh, I don't really understand it that much. You know, and I understand that whenever I use that word, it's a loaded word. Sometimes uh, you say the word empath and people are like, oh, well, what does that what does that mean? I'm like, I'm not even sure, but it is um, something that's out there. You know, the book that I read was written by a psychiatrist and it was based on science and it was based on, uh, you know, we just had Claire Kumar on uh, talking about HSP, highly sensitive people, things like that. Um, and I think many times when something is strange or new or challenges um what the norm might think it gets uh it gets discounted as 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 hippy dippy stuff so you don't got to worry about that you're in a safe place here when it comes to that um let's go into what was it that got you um to start moving down the path towards becoming a dream interpreter uh is it something that you've been doing for years and years and years it is something that you kind of stumbled into where did it start I love the question, Mike. I love it. It's uh, this is the one that opens up the Pandora's box, which I love diving into. And that is starting at the age of six years old, actually. So Holy all smokes. the way back when I was a kid, I started having vivid dreams, like not just the ones where you know have a little bit of a clip dream and you, you wake up and remember a few sentences. I mean, epic dreams where you feel like you're falling down the rabbit hole, tumbling after Alice in Wonderland, where you know, the matrix where a whole different world opens up and you see, you see things that a child can't make up in their own mind. Um, Cause this is, we're talking about back in the day when I was six, six years old, you know, as they're talking about like the early nineties mm -hmm. uh, when there was really <laughs> smartphones weren't around. Uh, my parents were very strict on us watching television. You know, we watched hockey night in Canada and that was really about it. We didn't watch movies, none of that stuff. So there wasn't a, a visual um, antenna for me to dream out what I was seeing. It was it was just more epic and more glorious and more just encouraging, inspiring than I could ever imagine. So starting at the age of six, I started having these vivid dreams. Um, I was homeschooled. So me and my two older brothers, we're all homeschooled by my mom. God bless her soul. <laughs> uh, she really gave up a lot and sacrificed a lot. My dad did the homework after he came home from work from his uh, day job as the principal, but my mom was the teacher and she had up with our uh, all of our boyishisms and everything. But one of the things that she was able to include in the curriculum, just because homeschooling, you give more flexibility, at least especially back in those times in the early 90s, mm -hmm. was dream interpretation. Because me and my brothers really started having more dreams in the night. And my parents really wanted to explain to us that they weren't just uh, silly adventures that you just saw on a TV screen of your, of your spirit or in your mind and your soul, but actually real meaning that can guide your life. Um, so that really started the journey uh, from that time on from six years old and really learning the and understanding the art of Hebraic dream interpretation. So going through the, the Hebraic method. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, 
you know, following the life of people like Joseph and Daniel, like in the ancient Hebraic texts and people who actually had these dreams where they not only guided their lives, but guide the lives of nations and countries and really society and uh, use what they tap into in that portion. So that Hebraic method is really what I followed from the age of six and then leading up all the way through my childhood and my teen years. And then um, when I was 18 or 19, I went down into a school in the eastern part of the United States called Streams Academy. So it's a, uh, a school of dream interpretation. So it was a nine month intensive school where the boys and gals, you know, lived in two houses and we lived on, you know, the little, little town called New London, New Hampshire, small little town, little bump community. And we, we really learned about the art of, uh, of hearing God and tapping into our dreams and really living that monastic mystical life of uh, just really learning and diving into our dreams and also um, guiding others in that as well too. So um, we went to Salem, uh, places like Stonehenge, uh, the summer solstice, uh, Costa Rica, uh, Nosara, all these different places, but especially haunted happenings in Salem was really our training ground for setting up our dream booths there. And we would interpret dreams for all sorts of spiritual pilgrims from every asset of life. You know, one of the first questions that we'd ask people sitting in the booth that I would ask you, Mike, right now is what does spirituality mean to you? And that from that answer, we open up and then start to talk about uh, the person's dream using language that they're comfortable with, because we never want to get into language that makes anyone have any guard put up because trust is is really a key element. And when we're interpreting dreams for strangers, when we're meeting them or people that we're starting to meet on, on the street, right? So that's a that's a long condensed answer. But how I got into that was started dreaming at the age of six, started guiding that throughout my uh, homeschooling life as my parents gave me tutorage and then went to uh, spiritual schools like uh, Streams Academy in New Hampshire. And I've cultivated that ever since. So it's from the age of six, I started dreaming from the age of 18, 19, I really started guiding the art of interpretation. So it's, it's been a journey. Wow. Um, you know, for, for, for lack of a better term, I really don't enjoy, I like saying, I, okay. I like saying what I'm about to say. There are many people who this phrase, uh, they just don't like it, but uh, to, needless to say, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, and I love, I love that we have so many jumping points that we can go to. Uh, the first jumping point I'm going to, I'm going to go to is, um, you know, a, a comment. So, so you started getting into this when your neuroplasticity was, uh, at its at its best when we're kids. I mean, I look at my granddaughter right now. She's four years old, and the um, the the rapid pace of what she can learn is astounding to me. I envy it. I wish I had that neuroplasticity back. And the fact that you got into a subject that was so deep so early in your life um, is very interesting to me. I, we could probably go an hour on that, but I think that our, our, our viewers and listeners would, would very much um, appreciate us getting to application as soon as possible because what you just said, uh, fascinating stuff. Now, I want to um, emphasize one point that you made. See, we're all different. We all have these different points of view and these different um places uh and, and that includes level of comfort you know um how deep uh in the water uh, does one want to go um uh, you know before their comfort level starts going whoa okay uh, some people have to stay close to shore have to stay be able to touch some people it's 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 a little bit further um and then some people can go right into the middle of the ocean i imagine it's very similar for this you brought up a couple of words that um i think are very interesting um, 
and 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 could be light switches to either turn them on or turn them off uh, to to this subject. Uh, you brought up spirituality, but at the end of the day, we also talk about mental health and the scientific part of things. Um, boy, dream interpretation. And, and, and you brought up also, uh, you know, uh, Daniel in, in, in the Torah originally and, and some of these spiritual works. I don't know if there's a spiritual work out there that doesn't talk about dreams in some aspect or another, whether a little bit or a gigantic amount. Um, is dream interpretation for you, uh, your standpoint, um, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to talk about people's comfort level, but is it more scientific or spiritual to you or are they just joined completely and it's a yin yang kind of a thing i think there's a there's a the rivers flow from those a uh, parallel and i really truly believe that there the dream interpretation some uh, there's deep science in dreams but there's also a, a a river that flows i believe into our connected to our spirituality like if we think of a ship and we've got the ship that's floating around in the waters of life without the anchor to be able to lay anchor and stay in the port or to be able to at least rest and bob and what you talked about before the bedroom being that place of just mm. deep sleep without the anchor i believe of spirituality whatever you put it as in your definition like whatever audience does that's why i like to put the ball back in their court of what does spirituality mean to them it's for some it could be i don't have any spirituality i'm an atheist it's like okay well whatever you think like whether it's positive energy whether it's Buddha, whether it's uh, Islam, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Judaism, like put whatever your comfort level is on wrapping that as their higher power. I say, okay, what is your higher power is usually my next question. But yeah. I believe that spirituality, there has to be an anchor, some in some level of belief. And I know an atheist would probably just cringe when I say this, but even atheists do in sense at some point believe in something. They have to believe in energy or something that keeps them up going every day in the morning to get up out of bed. Otherwise, why are you even alive? Why are you even inspired to do what you're doing? Right. So that that comes back into the whole realm of spirituality. But science as well too really plays a deep part into it. As we talked about a third of our lives is spent dreaming. Um, there's a REM sleep and, that, and I'm glad that you brought up science because we talk, talk about REM sleep and we talk about falling into that rest that you were alluding to before with your bedroom. And, you know, your bed is one of the most important purchases. And I 100% agree with that. The bedroom should be a sanctuary of rest. And I think in our Western culture, especially in the last few years during the pandemic, there's been an overload of media and just a bombardment against our senses and really robbing us of our sleep. And I think that that, I could go on and on about that, but I really believe REM sleep combined in parallel in the parallel universe with our spirituality is really you want to talk about application for our dreamers mm. and i know people want to get into like unpackaging dreams interpreting dreams and we'll get we'll get into some of that yeah without without rem sleep you you won't even we won't even have a palette to have dreams you cannot dream if you do not get into rem sleep or deep sleep it's impossible well, many times a, a better dinner experiences start with a well-set table. I think about, um, you know, going back, let's, let's, that's an analogy. Let's use the actual, uh, my wife and I, you know, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous saying it almost. Um, but I think a lot of people will agree. Uh, we live lives that are fairly chaotic, my wife and I. Lots of lots of moving parts, lots of spinning plates, whatever, however you want to describe it. Um, and and sometimes I think about our bedroom, and and our bedroom can go to chaotic and cluttered very very quickly if we don't 
uh, stay on top of it. And if we don't stay on top of it and it becomes this cluttered space, sometimes she and I just look at each other and say, okay, you know what? We're taking the first half of this day and we're completely gutting the bedroom and completely cleaning it and completely, uh, you know, putting everything in order and having this, this, this space. And I will tell you that both Candy and I, uh, when we do that, yeah. We sleep better. It's like when you have the new sheets on the bed and you and, and everything's prepped right and you, and you oh my gosh, does it ever change the way we view the space, uh the way we view life while we're in the space and then of course it changes sleep while we're in the space as well and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yes. It's true. Like going back to the Hebraic method and a lot of folks will know this about me. The Hebraic method is one that I follow. It's the path that I follow. There's this story of, of Jacob uh, in Genesis where he actually goes into Jacob's ladder. It's a terminology that I'm sure many of our viewers will be familiar with. It's Jacob's sure. ladder, the dream ladder. Sure. And Jacob's ladder really wasn't built or he wasn't able to see it without one of the key elements that we're talking about here. It says when he took a rock and he put his head on it and he came to a certain place, and he fell asleep. Well, that certain place can be defined in the Hebrew as when he had a head-on encounter with the divine, but that was because he made his bed and he laid in it. Like literally he did. Like he found that place between himself and his higher power. And he really, and he stepped into a portal. And that really is, the onus is on us as well too, to be able to step and activate into those places. So for, for our viewers, there can be many different things. Uh, so some, it could be um, you know, just listening to the birds tweet outside in the evening, like uh, as the breeze is blowing across your back patio, or it could be sipping a coffee and uh, reading uh, poetry and just really getting into a calm space, or it could be going for a walk with your dog and just uh, meeting other dogs in the dog trail, and just petting a golden retriever and just brings you joy and it calms you and it, it gives you that calm to be able to enter into uh, just that childlike space because you, you uh, referred to this before as, oh my goodness, like you wish like you get into that place like your kid is into as far as just like that activating childlike place of dreaming. Yeah. And I do believe that, you know, as human beings, we, you know, there's seasons of life, we grow into different phases as young adults and adults and, and eventually into seniors as we grow later in life. But all of us can cultivate the childlikeness of that, our spirituality of of really being able to see uh, the kingdom of light in our dreams, you know, like unless we become converted as a child, we cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Like that's, that's something that Jesus said, you know, whether people believe in Jesus or not as God or whatever, that's up to them. But Jesus really was a real person. He walked the earth. And that was one of his greatest teachings was unless you convert and become like a kid, you can't see the good stuff. Um, and I think that's something we can all keep in mind. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I love how open you are to the idea of, uh, of moving over to 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 philosophical uh, to wor works all the way over to to the to the textbook side of things, and I think that it's probably when it comes to when it comes to sleep, when it comes to dreaming, what we don't know. Again, you almost got to throw the kitchen sink at it because um, it, 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 it makes things murky. There's no question about it. And we talk about mental health, this is a mental health, mental wellness podcast. I, I, I want to dive into, I want to start diving into, to, to, to dreams and you can talk about the method and how you interpret them, that kind of a thing. Uh, and I'm sure we're going down that pathway very quickly. I just, I want to keep it really, um, I want to start by asking something that's pretty straightforward. And I think it's pretty universal those times where we have like I think about that time maybe you've hit the snooze button um or 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 you know you're about an hour from waking up or or something and you're in that little world where 
you don't know if you're sleeping, you don't know if you're awake and you're thinking and you're kind of cognizant, but you're not. And then, and, and then there are those times where, um, you know, oh, you, you, you make decisions or you think things, oh yeah, I'm going to remember that the moment I wake up and then, and then you don't, it's gone or it's slippery. It goes away very quickly. And then there are those times as well that just before you wake up, you have a disturbing dream or a, a something, not necessarily disturbing, but something that causes you to, um, it causes the day to literally be set positively or negatively. Like I've had days that have been not ruined, but really tough days based on the last thing I dreamt of before I woke up. Um, and, and, and I just want to maybe talk a little bit about that before we start getting into the method and the things like that. Um, how, I don't even know where the question is. I guess I'm going to form it. How close is our day-to-day mental wellness tied to the dream from the night before? 100%. Like it's, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of that. Like uh, you spoke about earlier about, you know, not knowing whether you're awake or asleep, that would be what's classified as lucid dreaming. It's a term yeah. I'm sure you've heard it before, but that's a, a state that all of us at one point or another will fall into in our dream lives. Um, just as we're waking up or as we're falling asleep, some people fall into it right when their head hits the pillow, some awaken out of it as they are waking up in the morning or even dead in the dead of night in the second watch of the night like three or four in the morning right so yeah. how it affects our day um i'm gonna go parallel with an illustration with uh like movie watching like i i love movies but as a visual person i have to be super careful of what i put in my eye gate because it can affect my mood it can affect my day it can affect how i treat others my mood swings so i liken that to if somebody before they go to sleep watches like a horror movie or like uh, some sort of scary thing and then they dream of all these sorts of weird creatures or something that's really like scary or they're being chased or about to be stabbed or because these are very common dreams then i would say okay it's probably we need to do inventory on what we're putting in front of our eyes right like it's and, and everyone's going to react differently but for, for me what we see in our dream um there's a principle that i, I truly believe in and is what we see we become uh, or if we don't like what we see, we should partner with our higher power and really release light into that. If it's something that doesn't register right with, with our, our spirit, our heart, because we'll know, like we'll have that gut check, then a dreamer actually will say to our audience and to you, Mike, and to our entire audience that you actually have, a, whatever you see and whatever is in your Metron, you have authority over. And so sometimes I know some people when they wake up and they think, oh man, this has just happened to me. I'm a victim of this dream or it's just, I guess it just is what it is, right? If we think that way, and we've all done it, I've done it myself too, as I've learned through the dream realm growing up. Mm -hmm. If we think that way, it eventually will manifest if we allow that to happen. And you're a total, you know, well, more well-versed than I am in the mental health realm. But it's, if we think that something that's happening to us is what's meant to be, then eventually it will take root. Yeah, sure. Our our, Our perception becomes our reality. Yeah. So I would say we have authority to change whatever we don't like to see and really flush that. I would like to say that there are different types of dreams. There's inspiring dreams, there's good dreams, there's God dreams, there's light dreams, there's futuristic dreams, self-conditioning dreams, and then there's dark dreams. And sometimes the dark dreams, they just need to be flushed. Or what I like to say is there's two sides to a coin and we'll get, this is where we get into application here in a bit. Um, coin flipping. So if you, if there's something that's negative, usually the opposite is what the higher, your higher power is saying to you. Yeah. And usually there's opposition that's trying to lie to you to say that, oh, this isn't what's happening. Well, the opposite is usually what's happening. 
Um, and, and I mean, okay, so take a mental wellness uh, perspective, you know, the voice inside your head, you know, that, that, that voice inside your head many times, if, 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 and I mean, we've talked about this in different ways when uh, there's all sorts of ways you can talk about, uh, you know, conquering that voice inside your head, the perception reality thing. Um, if, if anybody who's out there who's listening to this as a student of personal development, um, you know, very quickly, uh, when you read almost any personal development book, it talks about the idea of quelling that voice, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that voice telling you you can't do it, that voice telling you you're not enough, that voice telling you, um, you know, all the things that, uh, that, that, that you don't, you don't want to hear, um, whether you recognize it or not. Now, if I'm hearing you right, that voice is also available <laughs> when you're sleeping as well. Like, it's not like it's, it's, it's not like that thing's exclusive to yeah. when we're awake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it's 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 totally active in the night season. And there's three realms where one will dream. Three, there, there are many different categories of dreams. And, you know, I've been doing this since I was six and you're interpreting since I was 18. So there's a lot to package in a small session. But I, what sure. I will say is that there's many different categories of dreams, but we can, the, the rivers will come back into three sources in my personal experience and my belief is that dreams come from three realms. They come from either from our higher power, so spirituality, higher power. They come from the adversary, meaning the one that doesn't want us to be able to uh, communicate with our higher power. And then ourself, sometimes we get in our own way as human beings. So there's there's three different avenues that dreams come from. And, you know, what do I mean by that? Well, perfect example is dream from myself could be, I, you know, oh, I want to win the lottery. I want to win the lottery. And then I dream of winning the lottery. Well, that's, that's me. That that's my psyche hyping myself up and then dreaming that in the night season, uh, a dream from the adversary of the one who doesn't want me to communicate with my higher power could be something opposite from who I am. So just think of, think of an attribute or a trait that you are and just flip it in the negative, And that's probably not coming from your higher power, right? So that anything that's dark, anything that doesn't inspire, anything that wants to keep you down is probably not a God dream or a higher power dream. And then the one that's the ones that are brilliant and glorious and beautiful we want to get to is the ones that come from our higher power that give us direction, that give us inspiration, that make us feel like we've got to jump in our step when we wake up. So that's just a very brief overview of that. But yes, you are correct, my friend. Uh, In the night season, the invitation is there. There are many different voices competing for our attention. And that's why we've got to communicate, cultivate that, um, that intimacy with our higher power. Um, I love what you just said, how you categorize them. I'm going to once again, uh, try and universalize this for everybody. Um, the idea that, that, that you could take a, take the dream that you have and you could just throw it into one of three categories, you know? Um, and, and, and at that point there, like, I mean, I think about the one where you, the middle one, the one where it's, it's, it's an adversarial type thing, um, and how we can actually take concrete steps to, uh, to looking at that and even saying, okay, um, is this something that is uh, a positive message for my life? Mm. You know, no. Is this uh, something that is going to cause me, um, you know, harm if I, if I dwell on these thoughts or these ideas? Yes. Mm. So I can give myself permission to let that go. If I'm hearing you right, that, 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 that is an application that somebody could do if they have one of those yeah. dreams that, that, that disturb them somehow. Yes, letting it go. Sometimes the best thing to do is just to just to flush it. Like in sports, you know this. You've interviewed people who are involved in sports commentary and also sure. as well as being in the sports realm as well. Sure. As an athlete, you got to have the shortest memory possible whenever a game doesn't go right. Ah. 
So you've got got to flush that experience and move on. So sometimes you just got to flush it and say, you know what? This isn't for me. I refuse this. I do not allow this to stick on to my being and then just move on. Sometimes you just do that. Um, Other times it's like, you know what? Maybe, you know, we look at the NHL playoffs right now. Sometimes a team goes deep and then they fall short of their goal, but they're disappointed, but they learn from it, even though it was a negative experience. And that's where another onion layer of that second tier of the adversary I talk about, the adversarial yeah. type of thing to talk about. Sometimes there can be dreams where it looks really bad. Like I've had countless, probably hundreds, if not thousands of people I've interpreted dreams about one-on-one or in my dream teams that I've taken through these different places over the years where they thought that something had no positive meaning whatsoever because it looked dark. And then after myself and my team spoke with them, they were amazed that that their higher power was actually communicating with them or able to use something that looked evil for good. So, cause that, that's what I mean by that. I, uh, I, I love this. Um, I'm curious when you're going to write your book. Uh, is, I hope, I hope that's happening sooner than later. Um, you find think- a publisher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Hey, we can talk about that. Uh, yeah. you know, um, my, you know, my wife and I never thought that we would write a book, but, uh, but we were so excited when, when it all happened and all that stuff. So we can, we can definitely talk about that, uh, before. Okay. I, I think we're, we've set a beautiful table here. Um, I just want to, I'm going to, I want to emphasize or put an exclamation point on something that you said earlier, uh, because I think many times as humans, we don't necessarily give the power um, to the fact that our behaviors while we're awake is going to affect uh, not, you know, it's, it's, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of how much it's going to affect our sleep, our dream cycles, which will then affect our waking cycles moving forward. I'll give an example. My wife and I, and I mean, I think this is this is in vogue. I think a lot of people can can uh, relate to this. Our binge watching series, uh, different shows now. It's not a matter of when it comes to content. Uh, you know, watching a movie before you go to bed is one thing, but but now we're in this 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 uh, entertainment cycle where there is so much content out there. Seasons of TV shows are uh, or 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 um, you know miniseries are 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 released, and people binge watch. and And, and the entertainment industry is doing a very good job of as they're finishing off an episode, they're they're putting out a trail of breadcrumbs that is so compelling that folks are saying, hey, just one more. Hey, just one more. Oh, it's only midnight, uh, 12, four, instead of going to bed at 12, going to bed at 1240 is fine. I'm just going to watch one more. So what my wife and I uh, did that with Breaking Bad, like a lot of people did. Breaking Bad got its, um, got its uh, popularity after it was first broadcast. And when it was bingeable, uh, people really started watching that show. And I remember there were a couple of nights where my wife, it it became, it was so prevalent in our dreams that my wife even said, hey, look, uh, we got to limit it to just a couple and um, we're going to do it before there's going to be a buffer time when we finish the last episode to when we go to sleep because I I love the show. It's one of the best written, you know, pieces of entertainment of all time, as far as I'm concerned, but very dark subject matter, um, you know, uh, clever, but holy smokes. And it can really mess around with you. And the layers of how that show was, was created all the way to the colors of front doors and different themes that were put in, like the layers of what was put into that show uh, were multi- uh, to say the least. And so 
I just was like, okay, yeah, this is so, if I'm going to dream about this, it's probably affecting my dreams multi-layered as well and things like that. And, and the idea that you brought up earlier that you could actually have some control over that and we can actually take some personal responsibility while we're awake. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that we probably as a species should do that more, especially here in North America in 2022 at the time of this broadcast, um, we probably should pay more attention to what we're doing before we go to sleep for that very matter. Would you agree? You Obviously you agree with that. hundred percent. I think the terminology that we're all familiar with that sometimes we just need to unplug from society. Like it's sometimes we just need a sabbatical. Sometimes we need a vacation. That's why, you know, those ever, all of us who got work and jobs, we get a certain amount of time of vacation that uh, our work, our employer or business, or that we take for ourselves because human beings we're we're amazing creatures. We're built to do many things, but human beings, we all have, we all have a gas tank, just like Mm -hmm. our vehicle. And if we are running on like uh, just a hundred miles an hour on the highway, we're not stopping for rest. Eventually the car is going to crash burn and we're, we're not going to get the sleep. And we're also not going to be able to see the bigger picture. Um, Cause I think really the MPA, which is scientific term for multiple perspective advantage. Most people are not cultivating that. We're not cultivating that. We, I say myself, because I'm preaching to myself as well. Mm. We don't cultivate that as much as nearly as we should. And I, myself, I love, there are certain shows that I love to watch or binge watch, I have been watched, but I find for myself, because I'm a very visual person and somebody that I, I fall asleep at a certain time of the evening. And if, if I'm staying late, late past that, then it's probably gonna take me a while to get sleep or my dreams are gonna be affected. So I have to ration that, uh, just that myself as well too. But it's just about knowing ourselves, but also knowing when it's time to turn the tap off. Uh, thank you for, I, I, I think that that's an important aside. Um, that's something that I think many folks just d- don't even consider. It, it's not even a, they just don't even consider it even a little bit. And, and, and I think that uh, if we did start considering that, and if we, if we made, uh, sleep and sleep preparation, for lack of a better term, a little cer- more ceremonial. Um, yeah. And maybe it's not even that strong, but 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 uh, routine anyway uh, is very, very important. And if you want to, again, set a table for a really nice dinner, if you want to set the stage for a really good sleep, that does recharge you as best you can. That does enhance what the next day is going to be. And there's all sorts of personal development stuff with that. People talking about reading their goals before they go to bed. People talk about journaling before they go to bed. Um, yeah. The different things that you can do to kind of program not just your sleep, but your next day, powerful things that uh, I don't think get taught. That's the kind of shit that I think it should get taught in school. I think that people should learn uh, the power of what they can do with that uh, from when we are kids. And you were clearly, clearly taught that. Let's go into it now, man. I mean, I think we've done a good job of, 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 of bringing people so far. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the dream interpretation now. And, and I don't know how... Uh, to move into the, the, the conversation, uh, this phase of the conversation with you, uh, other than to say, okay, so um, if I had a dream of impact of some sort, whatever yeah. it might be in any of those categories, if there was some sort of dream of note or impact. Share one. Um, yeah, share a, a short one. If you've got one right now, Mike, I'm going to- Well, I, okay. I mean, there, there's one that I'm certain is because of the individual, the way that you categorize the three. I appreciate how you, you, you did it. Um, 
I've had, well, okay. I'm about to talk about another podcast that I do. I, I, I host the David Letterman podcast and actually we're, we're making a documentary uh, about it called the unlikely host of the Letterman podcast. What is a guy from Western Canada doing hosting a David Letterman podcast <laughs> that, that, that seems to be maybe potentially moving towards becoming the official ish yeah. <laughs> Letterman podcast. How is that happening? Why is it happening? And all of that. So I will go back to the dream part. Um, yeah. Before I made the decision to do this, there was a whole bunch of factors, people who worked for the show talking to me, all that. And this is one of those things where um, it's my dream job, not that I'm ever going to get paid for it or anything like that, but I get so much fulfillment from it. Mm. Uh, it's not even funny. And we're only, you know, a dozen episodes in and it's already and folks who work for the show are talking to me and, and it's just we've actually, it's already been put in front of Dave himself. And it's just, it's a crazy impactful thing just personally for me. And it's amazing. I love it so, so, so much. Um, I had, I've had two dreams about it. Now, one of the dreams was when I was prepping for it and, and, and utilizing some of the relationships I have with people who worked for the show and that sort of a thing. Um, I was really tunnel visioned in my waking life about the Letterman podcast. It was the prep for it. It was creating the logo. It was, it was uh, what's the tone of the show going to be? What's the mission statement of the show? All of these things. I was thinking about that. And I think a lot of folks can um, adhere to that. If they uh, relate to that, if they, if they have ever had a new job or, or, or uh, maybe a new relationship or uh, started a new business, anything like that, where um, you're just thinking about it a lot during your waking hours. Yeah. And, and I remember, um, you know, one day I was, I was doing that kind of like the breaking bad thing. I, I spent a, a big chunk of the evening working on it. When I went to sleep the entire night, what it seemed like the entire night was just reflected back at me, the Letterman podcast, the Letterman yeah. podcast, like, like just the details of it. I woke up with some ideas where I actually wrote them down right away. And, sure. and there were things that implemented uh, are implemented into the show. Um, so it was, it was creative, but it, it seemed very um, logic based. Yeah. I had another one though, that was, I mean, if you want to categorize it as higher power, it was, this is beforehand. And this is when I made the decision to do it. And it was, it was, uh, it was like, it was like a thunderbolt. I can't even describe the dream to you, Caleb. Like, I, I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. I just remember what it felt like when I woke up where it was like, Mike, you have to do this. Like Impactful. we'll make, we'll make time. You'll have time around where you can still, you know, host eCast and run your, uh, your, your financial business that you have. And, 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 you know, you got your book and, and responsibilities with your book. It, it's fine. You yeah. have to do this and we'll make it work. Good. So those are two, those are two that I, that are close to me right now that I can just rattle off the top of my head. Yeah. Your dream, your dream, your uh, spirit man is uh, confirming what you were, I would say it's like a self-conditioning dream of what you're chewing on. And that's, which is your dream in the day she sees and would really is to fulfill this dream of your heart. So I say your, your dream is really just uh, fulfilling what you've been thinking about. So I would say that that would probably be a self-conditioning dream that probably came from a combination of yourself because you were thinking about during the day, but also your higher power as well, just confirming those dreams and giving you more ideas. But if I can, I'm going to give you an example and then unpackage this and just give us some little bit of tools to the audience of sure. a dream that I interpreted for one of the uh, festival leaders at uh, the uh, Mountain uh, Spirit Festival in Kamloops. Uh, if you're familiar with the one at Sun Peaks up at the, uh, the Sun yeah. Peaks. Resort. Beautiful, beautiful so, ski resort and uh, well, all. Yeah. Season so, resort, but, yeah. Uh, 
so the uh, one of the main organizers there, she shared a dream with me um, and her dream was she was riding on a donkey and she was going towards a city just off in the distance over this bridge. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden the donkey just bucks her off and then just refuses to go any further. And she's frustrated with this donkey and the donkey refuses to move, its feet are planted in the ground. And she turns to the donkey and she starts talking to the donkey saying, okay, so this journey is important, we need to go. And eventually the donkey just says, all right, and talk, actually talks back to her and say, let's go. So they, they go off in towards the city and they reach the city, they reach this hotel and then they get into the lobby there's all sorts of people of different nationalities and uh, leaders, almost like uh, arist aristocrats, uh, aristocrats uh, politicians, yep. and just different uh, leaders. Sorry, it's a tongue twister. And um, she got in front of them and she started talking and then, um, and then she woke up. And so she's like, what does that mean? It's, and the whole audience is laughing. They think, okay, silly donkey, like talking to her and saying, I won't go any further, that kind of thing. So in dream language, immediately the first thing for our listeners, because I'm going to condense a lot of stuff and there's so much stuff to learn for dreams because uh, as I say I've been doing this for a long time but just sure. for some tools and keys to get started for an appetizer moving forward to this when we look at a dream the first thing that we should be asking ourselves uh, for those taking notes listening to the podcast is what is this a picture of so we ask ourselves the question why a donkey and not a colt and why a donkey and not a horse so the, these different questions of why is there a donkey in this person's dream as we're processing and listening to that. And then the next thing is, okay, what is a donkey a picture of? And so a donkey is, you could say stubbornness or humility as well too, because uh, for those that follow the, the nativity story, especially around Christmas time, um, uh, Jesus's parents, when they came to Bethlehem, they rode on a donkey. And a donkey is a very humble steed, um, very humble steed, not like a glorious war horse or something like that. So, so what I interpreted the dream as to the listener saying, you know, your higher power is calling you to uh, influencing leaders because the hotels were a gathering of leaders. Your influence with leaders is will be directly tied to uh, your humility and willingness to embrace uh, a, a lowly road and a walk that might not make sense to you. Oh, wow. So that's it. Like that, 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 that like in a dream, I, we should be able to um, condense a dream into one or two or three sentences. Some people go on and on with their interpretations and there's a place for that, but I like to make it simple for my, my audience and listeners and also people who are sitting there and one or two sentences. And so that, that for me is for, she was just shocked. Cause like, I have no idea that was it. She saw some silly and maybe she had just been to the farm too many times and she's just dreaming of all these animals that she had seen at the farm but no it was the humble steed the humble vehicle of her vocation her calling is humility will be the key that gets her in front of leaders okay so uh, this is this is um i love this and i want to i want to go do a bit of a deeper dive on this i because you said something there right at the end that i think uh is intrinsic of what we do when it comes to dismissing shit that we dream about. You, the idea that, okay, I was riding a donkey. Okay, that was really silly. Uh, okay, what I mean, dismissal, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, our brain is the one or whatever you want to call it, but let's just keep it really, really uh, simple right now. Our brain is the one that threw the donkey into our subconscious vision. <laughs> like like that, that happened, it, it was there. If we dismiss it, okay, fine. But even asking the question, why? 
did my subconscious brain, which by the way, way more in depth and intelligent and, 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 and is running a lot more than our conscious brain is right. You know, we can go, we can do an entire podcast and we have done entire podcasts on that, the subconscious brain versus the conscious brain. But yeah. the idea, your brain threw the donkey in there. Yep. And you can say silly dismiss or hold on. You could just yeah. say, okay, well, why a donkey? Yep. And I think so many people don't even do that one thing of, of noting it. I, I think that's a, to me, that's, that's, that's profound. If you were to have a dream of whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a fire truck, whether it's a, what, if there's a striking image in the dream that you remember, why that? And yeah. then, and then doing a little bit of like, at what point then do you say, okay, well, what does a, what does a donkey represent? Let's do some Googling. Let's do some, whatever. Let's yeah. just do a little bit of, uh, of digging as to what, you know, a fire truck might represent something, things like that. Is that, um, is that going down the path of, of, of how we can uh, uh, maybe analyze ourselves if we're going to do a little bit of uh, a, bit, a bit of yeah. this? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's, I like to say um, the, the craziest people in the world are the ones that don't talk to themselves. So the most sane people in the world are the ones that do talk to themselves. So we need to have this internal dialogue in our, in our minds. And we're talking about mental health and everything. Um, positive mental health is when we're having these conversations, especially dealing with what we're getting in the night, in the night season, because it's such a, an Alice in Wonderland. It's such an amazing Willy Wonka, Charlie fact, uh, chocolate factory of just beautiful treats. And yes, you're correct. Like Googling can help, but also looking things up, but really just like two, no two snowflakes are alike. No two dreamers are alike. Right. And so when I'm interacting with someone who's a dreamer and they're sharing their dream, like this lady shared with me. Um, I'm asking questions as well too, and really getting to know the dreamer because a donkey, maybe for me, like just, or maybe for somebody else, maybe a donkey, as soon as they see a donkey in a dream, immediately it brings trauma because a donkey threw them off and they broke their leg once. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Like, so there's personal so, experience with this as well. Okay. Personal experience. Yeah. So like, it's good. And for her, thankfully donkeys were a positive thing and, you know, so when I'm interacting with dreamers, I'm always asking the questions as well. What does this mean to you? What does that mean to you? Or they could have dreamed of somebody or a person that they recognize in life, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so yes, Google can definitely be helpful. But at the same time, um, I know a lot of dream interpreters out there um, all like to pigeonhole things into a formula. And I know that as we started here in the conversation at this podcast, you're just into flowing and what's right in the moment of what we're both talking about as opposed to doing too much prep work. So with dream interpretation, it's knowing, first of all, yourself, but also getting to know the dreamer that's sharing the dream as well as too. And for ourselves, interpreting our own dreams can often be the most difficult because we're our own biggest critics. So <laughs> that's why it's great to do this in community like the Hebrews did, Hebraic method. The Hebrews, yeah. the, the Israelis, the Hebrews, the, the Middle Eastern peoples, the, or the, even the Egyptians as well too, like the hieroglyphics and all that kind of stuff. And especially in the Middle East, they build whole communities on having breakfast or lunch or dinner and sitting around the lunch table or dinner table talking about what they dreamed in the night season. That's their culture. Like that, that's what they talk about as opposed to our Western culture. Like not saying it's bad talking about the latest show or movie, but it, it pales in comparison, movies and shows and entertainment because they're man's interpretation which is a beautiful thing, but I think things that come from our spirit, they're priceless. You really can't take that away from somebody when they get a dream in the night season. It is incomparable. Oh, wow. I, I, I love, 
Uh, it's almost poetic how you speak. I love your language. I love the language of 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 of, of dream interpreters or just Caleb, uh, for that matter. I love I love your vocabulary and how you how you spell this out the idea that, that, that people get together and they can talk about their dreams i think that we have done a very good job as a society of beating the crap out of uh even remembering our dreams that kind of a thing i, I i've got a lot of stand-up comedians in my life um and and uh they talk about the muse and inspiration and whatnot because you know literally anything at any time including when they're sleeping could be the premise for a bit uh, uh, for what they're going to perform. And, 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 and many of like, I think about, uh, even the most famous, think about Larry David, you know, he, one of the creators and writers of Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, a performer in his own right. You know, he talks about how he brings this notepad with him wherever he goes. And, and, uh, because the idea shows up and it goes out and it's like this, I think dreams are very similar. Um, and the society that you explained in the Middle East or societies uh, that, that focus on dreams, maybe the way that we have focused on entertainment over here, maybe that, that, that might be, uh, there might be an essay or something in there with that. But the idea of what you just discussed, um, I think it's just like you mentioned sports earlier, a bunch of kids who play hockey. Okay. You know, they're, they're, they're shaky. They're wobbly. They fall all the time. They, they miss the puck. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're very, very amateurs. Um, but you do it long enough. You focus on it long enough. Um, and, and, and suddenly you can become almost an artist on the ice and, and, and do that kind of thing. If somebody wanted to take note, if they heard our podcast today and realized, you know what, my brain is coming up with all of this stuff. I need to pay attention more to yep. what my what what is coming out of my brain or and the spiritual realm, whatever whatever interpretation the the listener or viewer wants to you know yep. accept. Uh, I want to pay attention to this a little bit more. Is it the same as Larry David having a notepad? So if he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's got a notepad beside his bed and he writes stuff down, is that? Um, is that the move? What is the way to, cause I mean, famously, we all, we all forget our dreams right away. Yeah. Um, can we get out of that habit? And, uh, what yeah. are some steps that we can do to, to pay attention more to these things? Yes. Practical tools. It's a very good question. I love that. Um, and really a journal journaling, 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 journaling. I absolutely am a, so huge a dream journal, a full, a full on dream journal is a the full way on, a full on dream journal. Like having a journal, like next to next to your, your bed, really what that does is one, you're showing your subconscious, but also your higher power, whatever you believe your higher power, where the dream funnel is coming from. You're placing an importance on that. Yeah. So just like quality time, when we spend time with our spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, or just kids or family or acquaintances or just friends, quality time really means to the person or the person you're interacting with that you're putting a value on this. And the same thing is, is when we have a dream journal, we got a pen, we got that next to our bed, we're going to bed early, we're creating that REM dream like incubator that those things, especially a journal, getting to bed early, knowing what our limit is, knowing your limit and stay within it, right? You know, they, <laughs> yep. they, when you're uh, when you're having a good time partying or drinking a nice drink or whatever, the same thing is with this uh, journaling and writing them down when we wake up too, not procrastinating, being like, oh, I'll just walk the dog or I'll go have a drink of coffee or yeah, I'll no, that look, don't work. Or, or look at the news and see what's up with the news. As soon as you do that, I would say nine, 98% of the time, the dream is going to fizzle away yeah. next few moments. It's going to be gone. Then you're going to be like, oh, why did I do that? So the moment <laughs> you wake up, you got to write that stuff down. Or I even like to say some people work well in pictures. So because say someone dreams epically, so not all dreamers are alike. Some can dream short clip dreams. 
Some yeah. can dream long five, six, seven, eight, nine pagers. And for the people that I want to speak to who are long dreamers, who have these epic dreams that are afraid that when they start writing it down, they'll start forgetting, draw pictures, like draw pictures to categorize the different chapters of your dreams so that you can recall what's underneath that pie and really know what's the, the content inside. So picture tells some, a thousand words, right? Yeah. Picture picks a thousand words. So picture journaling or word journaling, writing them down, or even voice recorder as well too. But I know it's tough sometimes when you wake up in the middle of the night or I wake up in the middle of the night, it's like four in the morning, you're really tired, but sometimes you don't have a window. If you fall back and say, well, I'll remember it in the morning and you don't. Yeah. So, so everyone dreams differently. So having a journal is important. Having a REM sleep incubating environment is also important and really just, and I know it sounds really cliche, but um, I know I want to be sensitive to our audience who are, you know, listening to everyone's at different points of their spirituality or their just their men, you know, mental health. But I really believe in the power of prayer and asking, you know, if you like when you're asking your parents for something or you're asking a friend for something, I really believe speaking the word and speaking something out and believing in it and calling it into season the things of our future is really an important thing. And you'll understand this, like with all the things that you're doing with the, the David Letterman and podcast show and all the different connections you have, if we don't speak it out. Yeah. If we don't speak the word, it's not going to happen. If we don't manifest it, it's not going to, it's not going to produce in the, in the real world. So. Well, and this is, this is where men are at right now. And I mean, I hate that time gets so slippery in these things. And, and I feel like we're just getting started. First off, please come back and let's, uh, let's, let's definitely continue on this conversation. And let's, let's, uh, you know, at the beginning of that show, we'll tell them to refer back to this show and then watch the next one and listen to the next one. Cause we can go a little bit deeper with it, but I mean, you're preaching to the choir when it comes to um, men's mental wellness out there, no matter who we talk to uh, whatever their persuasion, whether it be, uh, you know, from a coach or a counselor perspective, all the way to psychiatrists, all the way to folks who have, uh, have battled with depression for 45 years. I mean, uh, you know, Bruce Ross was a recent guest on our episode uh, episode. And uh, I mean, he's still impacted me. I'm talking about it every single episode. He's, uh, you know, the, the key is whatever it is that we're dealing with, it doesn't help to keep it inside, no mm -hmm. matter what that is, whether it's I want a new job. Okay, well, guess what, you're not getting a new job, if you don't at least tell somebody about it. And then, and then of course, you know, create the actions to, to moving towards that. But there are so many men out there. Um, I, again, cliche, I hate using the cliche, but living that quiet life of desperation because they're not saying anything. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think, okay, many people can wrap their head around the idea that, okay, I want a new job. I'm not going to get a new job unless I tell somebody something about it and, and, and start talking about it. If I talk about it, it can, it's amazing how quickly things can happen. Um, mm -hmm. Taking that same concept and applying it to our, our sleep cycle, the things that we interpret in our sleep cycle, the dreams, all that kind of stuff. Um, holy cow, that's a, that's a light bulb moment for some people because it's so easy and it was right in front of us the entire time, but we didn't give it any credence. You are taking, you're, you're, you're building a, a, a practice and a career of creating that light bulb moment for people. It's really cool, Caleb. Yeah, it's it's like Narnia. It's stepping through the, <laughs> the door and saying, uh, you know, there's Aslan. Like, if you don't say it out loud, don't see it, then guess what? The rest of the Pevensies missed where Aslan was in the Prince Caspian book, I think. But Lucy was the one that saw Aslan and got to talk with Aslan. I really feel like that's a whole illustration we could go down another day. But really, sure. that, that to me speaks about the dream realm. Everybody else was focused on the battle, focused on the white witch. But Lucy wanted to hear what Aslan was talking about. And that really 
is in liking to our dream language. So yeah, it's it's taking a moment with all the chaos and all the things that are happening. And I mean, chaos in a bad way necessarily, but when it comes to okay, I dreamt, just dreamt all this stuff and zeroing in on one or two little things in it and just becoming aware about those things and seeing why. Um, practical beyond measure even though yeah you you i love all of the analogies you're using you're talking about the fantastic you talk about you know you know the idea of narnia or lord of the rings or alice in wonderland or, or Chal- uh, willy wonka and the chocolate factory these are all fantastical stories that could be stories that come out of a dream and how fantastic they are and and i love that that is the uh language that you're embracing i think that we as a species uh you know could do well by 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 embracing that a little bit more in our own lives um i i'm so grateful for this conversation caleb if anybody wants to connect with you out of this uh what's the best way to do it what are you moving your practice towards let's just circle back and finish up the podcast talking a little bit about you as to um what it is that you're doing what's the goal for you i mean you've got all this knowledge uh, both uh, learned and practical uh, advice that you can give others. What's the um, what's the end game for you? And how do people well, contact you? Keep a contact me uh, for three uh, through three means. The main mean would be uh, email. So encompassed by dreams at gmail.com. I can even write it down later and have uh, it posted whatever with the article sure. uh, with the podcast, but encompassed. So E N C O M P A S S E D B Y dreams.com encompassed by dreams.com uh at gmail encompassed by dreams at gmail.com yep. and then encompassed by dreams.com is the website you can yep. check it out see some of my uh obviously what i've been up to and just what dream encompassed by dreams is about and then as far as these days especially in the last couple of years because of all the stuff that's gone crazy in the world i've done more of like online podcasts sure. um, i was doing a podcast for about a couple of years on a friend's show that uh, recently wrapped up just because she was moving in a different direction but yep. I'm doing a lot of online podcasts, a lot of consulting um, online. Um, so if people want to get a hold of me, we can do online Zoom one-on-one sessions. Uh, you can reach out by email. I always like to say that the first couple of questions on, their, on your dreams are complimentary, but then if you want to book a session, then there's a, uh, a small session fee. Um, sure. I know that a pre-pandemic as well too, uh, Parlor Ice Cream, I know the owner there, Omar, uh, we used to set up uh, dream interpretation booths there and interpret dreams for people who would come and buy ice cream so, at an ice cream uh, shop that's fantastic yeah I so I, I do it all i do it all whether it's in person <laughs> whether it's online whether it's through email whether it's on phone so uh facebook instagram you can reach me at encompassed by dreams i've got a, a hashtag on instagram as well as facebook as well too so uh caleb i can't i can't thank you enough um for what it is that you're doing obviously you'll i mean you'll come back without saying without you know of course you'll come back right yes oh amazing Lovely. I, uh, I, I can't thank you enough, um, uh, for, for, for learning this, you know, there are some times when I meet somebody who has learned something that is so specialized, um, you know, in a million years, I, I don't, I could never get that specialized on something. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's so important and I need the help and I need to tether myself to something like that. That's what you're doing, man. And I just appreciate it so much. I appreciate your heart and how much you want to give back to people. Um, 
and, and thank you for following your inspiration, man. I really appreciate that. It's a great example for a lot of guys out there who, who, who are following their, following their dreams for lack of a better term. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and it's, it's, we, we giggle about it, but it's the total truth. It's, truth. it's totally the truth. You are doing what uh, I believe that you are doing what you are called and purposed to do. Hmm. Thank you very much, Mike, for having me on the show. And I really appreciate the opportunity and to be able to speak true privilege and honor. And thank you, audience, for those of you who listen to this podcast. May your dreams be filled of light and may you have deep sleep and lots of dreams to be able to journal down. Could not have said it better uh, myself. Could not be a better ending to this podcast. Uh, once again, hechangedit.com. Um, uh, for all the information on He Changed It, encompassedbydreams.com if you want to know more, if you want to go further down that rabbit hole with Alice, uh, and, and Caleb will be your guide. Um, just This has been a fantastic conversation. I love this. It's the highlight of my week. Uh, anytime I get to do, uh, and, and this week we've shot like four episodes. So I've had four major highlights of my week shooting HeCast. Um, again, hechangedit.com, download the app, jump in, see the growth of what is going to be a gigantic thing in its infancy. It's very cool to be part of something at the beginning. And that's where we're at right now. And you ain't seen nothing yet. My name is Mike Chisholm. I am the host of HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. Go change something. Thank <laughs> you.